0: all right everybody welcome to the 343rd edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got
1: my man sage kicking it live and direct about to talk about these uh thompson twins and their uh really impressive skill sets but my god allergies are such a pain in the ass to deal with i your boy is definitely affected this 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 uh podcast for sure it's the
0: trade-off right you get beautiful weather the flowers and trees are blooming and you got to deal with the allergies that's just that just comes with the territory my guy
1: yeah i feel i feel it but i I woke up i was like why does my head hurt and why is my nose just leaking leaking a phlegm and what it's not and then yeah so you know your boys feeling it but I'm pretty excited about these two prospects. So I'm willing to work past the ailment that I am dealing with right now.
0: You got the allergy podcast, like the Jordan flu game coming up for you, for everyone here. But yeah, let's, let's kick it off. We are talking about the Thompson twins, but it is important to separate them because they are two individuals and they are two different prospects, despite having similar measurements and playing alongside one another for their entire careers let's kick it off with amen thompson first amen is uh the higher rated of of the two if you go by the consensus he is fourth on the ringers big board and fourth on uh tankathon's big board i I don't think you'll see him as high as two but i mean his range is like three to five right where portland will be uh selecting and If you look at a man, 6'7", 2'15", 20 years old, uh, averaged uh, 16, 6, and 6, uh, nearly a block, two and a half steals at overtime elite this year. His official draft measurements came in at the combine. um, 8'7", standing reach, 7-foot wingspan. He has all of the measurables that you're looking for in a wing except he's not a wing sage. This is this is the this is where the, the freak athleticism and freak comparisons come from and he's maybe a player that we've never seen before because he projects to be a floor general a point guard. You're what was his at,
1: standing reach again?
0: His standing reach was eight feet seven and a half inches.
1: When I was at my athletic prime and I wanted to dunk the ball I was on a nine foot rim. He could basically tippy toe it and, and dunk it. And when I was just, like, using every bit of athleticism my poor body had to try and do basic (laughs) room grazing dunks.
0: And and I know when we discussed our big boards, we were talking about maybe how the athleticism was a bit oversold. Um, And and I, I do think some of it is the camera angles that Overtime Elite uses because the imagery came out from his workout in Portland, and he's soaring. Like, there's a still photo of him just standing still, and he is literally levitating in the air. So the athleticism is real, unreal first step. Like this is, you know, we talked about this class being completely unconventional. And he, I think, along with Victor Wimbanyama, stand alone, right? You, you've got a 7'5 guy who moves like a guard and you have a 6'7 big who passes like a guard. And he's got insane floor vision. He just sees the floor. He just moves so smooth, right? It's not just you get some guys who are really fast, you're know, like, oh, they can run like a 4240, but in football that they don't know how to use that speed. They don't know how to accelerate or decelerate. A man knows how to use his athleticism.
1: I, I and, would say that dribbling he just he he because he has that outrageous first step, that is it's problematic because he doesn't know how to control his dribbling when it goes at like that level of speed. So like we're seeing that his his blazing speed is an issue for him, which that's pretty crazy to uh to think about like how how athletic this dude is. He can't even like dribble the, the right
0: dribbling here. though, I, I'm not as concerned about it because you look at Giannis. Giannis isn't a great dribbler, but because he's so tall and lanky and bouncy, he takes two steps from the three point line he's at the rim right he he just there there's certain players that defy logic and he's he could be one of them like he he really is like you know a freak like bruce feldman um i don't know what publication he's at anymore but he always does like an annual college football like this is the freaks issue if they were to do it for the nba amen thompson is getting a profile feature because he is is that crazy in terms of the measurables the skill set, what he's able to provide at the height. Like we just haven't seen this before. And the the question marks surrounding him, I, I think there are two. One is the competition level. over Overtime elite is un, relatively unknown. That can be, I could argue that either way, right? We've seen, going back to Giannis, we saw him dominate like 13 and 14 year olds in Greece. I'm sure they're not that young, but that's what they look like compared to this 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 freak. Right. And we've also seen players at the collegiate level absolutely dominate like uh, uh, Michael Beasley and just completely flame out of the league. So competition can be argued either way. Um, he is a bit older for this draft cycle. Um, they are 20 and a half years old. Honestly, Shaden Sharp is actually just about six months younger than those uh, twins. And he's already had a full year under his uh, belt. The the other thing is is the shot. And and I was going to the Thompson twins to me are like that kombucha girl video where she takes it for the first time and you just see the range of motions, the roller coaster of this is delicious. What the hell am I drinking? I don't what? what? And at the end, she's like, Yeah, yeah, it's good. That's where I'm at with the Thompson twins. I started out being very intrigued, and I was like, Oh, a men's shot is completely broke. I I, I can't, I'm I'm out. And then you start to see clips. Of the form improving, and then you get tantalized all over again with all of the athletic traits that he has, along with the floor vision. And I am on board with amen Thompson because if their work ethic is is any is anything like how they interview, like they are already so polished and professional. That is the bonus of going to overtime elite, and that's I believe that's what Asar mentioned in his uh, post draft interview, uh, pro, uh, workout was. He learned, like, you don't just joke around all the time. You got to be on time for meetings, for games. Like, this is, you're getting paid. Like, this is serious business for them. And they're just, they're so intelligent. Like, it just, it comes off of them as they speak. You're captivated by their answers. And it has been reported they have fabulous work ethics. And if you look at earlier tape versus now, there's definitely improvement in in the shot. They're never going to be lock uh, lights out shooters, but you don't necessarily have to be when you have those physical traits. Like I, Giannis, even a Ben Simmons one prior to all of uh, Zion, um, if you have a certain level of physicality and athletic advantage, you can lack in even in shooting. And there's only like one percent of players that can do that. Maybe even a smaller amount. But I like that he is a willing shot maker and that the form is improving. So I don't think just because it may look not optimal now doesn't mean it's never going to improve. So always keep that in in, in your mind when you're looking at these prospects. And, you know, if Portland does end up with a man, Thompson, he and Shaden would be the most physically gifted athletic backcourt the NBA has ever seen. It could literally break the league and... Like, already envisioning those lob passes between the two out on the break is something just
1: incredible to imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he he has all of the, the passing shops that you want, like from a Chris Paul, from a Tyrese Halliburton to a LaMelo Ball, but he's also, you know, top-tier athlete, having the skill set to potentially, you know, revolutionize the position of, lead initiating guard so it's watching him on that offensive end just initiate is it's going to help everybody involved on whatever team he gets drafted to I think Shaden Sharp would be instantly you, you know he'd move ahead a few tiers in his development having a guy that literally can just make every single pass to him and be the the athlete that can run with him on fast breaks. I think transition, if the Blazers got a Thompson, I think our transition game would be the, the best in the league. And I mean, watching the Blazers walk it up on times where we should be running. It's going to be a complete and total change in what the Blazers are. If they drafted a Thompson, like, I mean, we, we talked about it before, but Damian Lillard and a Thompson probably can't play on the court together because a men's shot isn't good enough in the half court. And he needs to have playmaking reps like his vision's awesome, but there's other things about being an NBA playmaker that you need to be able to rep out in a competitive game. So, you know, and having Chauncey Billups as his head coach, it could be a, a humongous negative too, being that he doesn't seem to have the creativity that a man Thompson needs. So if, if, we drafted a man, there's has to be specialized things that only a man can do like being the lead playmaker. So, you know, if, if we happen to get a man, it's like, okay, this is the beginning of a lot of big decisions for the Portland trailblazers because I just, I really can't see envision a world where offensively we work with Damon and, and a men playing, you know, major minutes together. It just, it just, you're, you're, you're hurting one. To help the other and i think that that would be a bad like that's absolutely not helping dame in in the current sense you, yeah it, I,
0: I don't think portland should make a draft decision based upon this sounds sacrilegious they, they shouldn't make a draft decision based upon just damien lillard because if you're keeping the pick you're essentially saying we value the young timeline rather than dames and we, we want to keep you along dame but that we, this is pick is too valuable or we didn't receive enough offers. I think they should take the best player available at three, regardless uh, if it means a man is playing a little bit less coming off of the bench, whatever, fine, but you don't want to be kicking yourself down the road like Portland did in 05 when they passed on Chris Paul because they had Sebastian Telfair. Now I'm not saying Sebastian Telfair is Damian Lillard or vice versa, but they should have just taken that best player and let it work itself out. Like, I still think there are abilities and opportunities to play together. Not a lot because of the positional size. Like he can still defend on the other end. of oh, the. Court. I think
1: defense is going to be fine. I just and think offensively in the half court, it may
0: also open up opportunities for for Dame to play off the ball a little bit especially if you're trying to limit his minutes and his usage um over the course of a season as he as he ages and so that that would maybe be uh a way to do so so it's not a perfect fit but again if you believe amen Thompson is going to be the best player in this draft or a top three player in this draft five years down the road take him take him and, and you figure it figure it out um as you go don't take him because you don't think that fit with Dame is perfect because if you're keeping keeping this pick you're picking for the next decade like this pick is needs to be a cornerstone for the next decade so don't make a short-term decision um that really is going to impact the, the long term um defensively i i think he's going to be even a better defender than maybe he's given credit for right now i think you know you're playing overtime elite They're, the twins are clearly the best players in the league um, just given the athleticism, the the measurements, and I think the the will to to win and, and get better, I I don't think he's as good of a defender um, as his brother Asar, but I I think he's going to be a plus defender. I think in the,
1: the buy-in has he if he buys in to the defensive schemes, he could be an all-world defender. It's yeah. just about accepting the buy-in from him to do focus and, on and that.
0: from everything reported, the buy-in will be there. So that's that's another thing where like yeah. He's not maybe like a case in Wallace or, or, or even his, his brother right now. But again, you're not drafting right now. Like you're drafting a men for what he could be in three to four years. And then you really start to build your roster out. Um, we've touched on a men. Let's move over to his brother, um, Asar. And Asar is ranked right below him. Number five, both on the ringer and on tankathon at overtime elite um, very similar numbers again, sixteen points, seven rebounds, six assists, uh, a block, nearly three steals per game. Um I believe he was MVP of their championship series. He had the he had the game winning three, which was a a really uh, contested three, but he but he knocked it down. um very similar measurements, of course, to his uh, twin brother. He's uh, 6'6 without shoes, 8'8 standing reach, 7-foot wingspan, slightly heavier, 4 pounds heavier, 218 pounds. Um, and he projects more as a traditional wing than a, a point guard, but he does have secondary uh playmaking abilities. I think of him more as a connective piece on the offensive end of the floor. I don't think you're ever going to run offense through him, Sage, and I think you are hoping he can be on offense, I think, super duper three, three and D, right? I don't
1: know about that one, bud, because I think I don't,
0: I don't think you want him. I don't, you can't, I don't think you can run offense through.
1: I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't run all of my offense through him, but I think that he is with his playmaking in terms of dribbling, you can't just have him sit in the corner. I think, I, didn't that say, so, so the, I think three
0: and D gets a negative connotation. It just means you're there to hit either open shots or he can be a three and D plus secondary playmaker. But I, I don't know if like, if you have like Shaden would be the one, I don't know if he can be a second option on offense third, probably, but I, I, I would I still, put him
1: at the, I would put him at the two because what he can do with the ball in his hands in terms of setting himself up for his own shot. Like again, there's only two dudes with a, a, a big bag of offensive tools right now with the dribbling and that's Scoot Henderson and sore. So I think that if I was the coach, I would, I think the way you make him a super duper star is you incentivize and encourage him to do more playmaking because his handle is just awesome. So if you can make him, I think the biggest weakness in his playmaking is the vision between you know creating the the mismatch offensively and then him hand him passing the ball so if he if he uh had that playmaking i mean and, and, and a men he's awesome at it he's like this is what he was put on earth to do is be a playmaker so Assurd really hasn't had the chance to be the number one guy on any of his teams but if it was me i'd be like bro your handle is so good you you have to be part of the offense with with the dribbling. Like I've seen him do some amazing dribble packages and like do the Iverson dribble, do hang dribbles, sham god. Like he's I would I I would be very I would be very happy with him being a major part of my offense with his dribbling and decision making. I mean, of course his shot is so much better than his brothers, like, but. The way I see him breaking down defenders, I think he wins one-on-one matchups just like his brother, and probably better because his handle is just so much better. So, I, I he he's top two on my team, and honestly, he might be running my offense if things go really, really well with his the the the, the like the the process of you know winning. And then getting your teammates involved, because right now he's 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 going for his. And then defensively, he's awesome.
0: probably one of the better prospects uh, in this draft class.
1: Yeah, I mean defensively, I I, I could see him being, you know, uh, in that top. As a like a top team defender, like that athleticism, like he he has the athleticism just like his brother to really make the the other team's playmaker just feel so crowded with his athleticism he can beat him to spots like he could be he could anticipate and be a better defender than drew because drew drew moves like kind of a robot a sort like the way they move is just so special so he could be like a top tier defender top toppest of tier defenders plus the playmaking and the shooting like in the playoffs, he was shooting thirty six percent on eight attempts. Like, I know short, small sample size, but like volume shooting, good percentage. So I, I, I know that working on playmaking is going to be difficult in terms of passing. But for right now, I have a sir at three and I have a men at six. Just because a sir has just so much more shooting than a men, and then if we can get him to even make. Anthony Simons reads his offense becomes incra- crazy and I think that he's just as athletic so him and Shaden would be an amazing pair and I honestly think a sword could play with Dame and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world Like the fit for most teams is a lot better with the sword because of the, the, the shooting but I, I mean both twins are just so so talented that if you know, the Blazers end up with one, I'm able to convince myself on a lot of things, what they can do. So yeah, these twins really, I mean, their choice in deciding where they, you know, play professional ball is kind of strange now with, you know, them going against 16 year old high school kids. But when you see what they have athletically and game wise, it's like, all right, I'm willing to take that chance on them, you know, being, being superstars.
0: Would you agree that a SAR's floor is higher, but a men's ceiling is higher?
1: Yes, because I don't, if a men hits, I don't, player comps might be really difficult to come up with. A sort if he hits, I mean, they're still pretty difficult to come up with, but they're still like players that have been him. So, yes, but I think of both ceilings are incredibly high. Do you have comps for either of them?
0: No. I mean, it, it, it's just silly. I, I think for some players to to comp them out because, like, I I don't know what you would... And anything you say kind of sounds outlandish because the players are
1: so elite. Yeah, like, a sort could be Tracy McGrady pretty easily with two feet that aren't, you know, different sizes. You know what I mean? Like, he could be Vince Carter, relative. Like, it... And I... I a men could be a, you know, 100th percentile Magic Johnson. I like those sound foolish, but because of the athleticism and the skill, it's like it could happen. For the Blazers, yeah, are you more uh, of an men guy, even though the beginnings might be a little bit uh, harder to uh, deal with?
0: Yeah, I like, so I have. When we did it last, a minute four, a star at nine. But again, three through nine was very tightly packed, and you could talk me into really any of those six players being three, and you could really talk me into any of those six players being nine. So, like, don't think there's a, a super gap between the the players or prospects, and there's different reasonings for which. Um, I personally, if you're sticking at three, I think you have to swing for the fences a bit. And Portland has had such a small backcourt for so long, whether it's Damon CJ or Damon Ant, the prospect of having the exact opposite in Amen and Shaden and how they could play off of one another. And I think you could build a roster around uh, those two quite easily. Like you would have what you needed and you would not only be set defensively, offensively that i mean Shaden moves so well without the ball he doesn't really need the ball in his hands to be effective he can play with the ball in his hands uh, i just putting a tall playmaker um, something we have never i mean it's probably since post prime scotty pippen took over the reins in like 2000 and 2001 is the last time i've ever seen a, a tall playmaker in in portland um and it would just be so fun to watch so i've got a men. i i, I would lean them in now, if you trade down, let's say you value a SAR higher than a men, but you know everybody else doesn't, and you want to trade three for six and eleven, by all means, take a SAR at six, um, and and see what you can have there. Like you said, I do agree it is a easier fit with Dame, uh, at the moment. Um, well, I if do... you want
1: Shaden to be the alpha, having a SAR, or...
0: yeah, I think Shaden's the alpha regardless. Like that's that's my guy. Like I would take Shaden number two in this draft. I I think he's. Sensational, obviously. Um, I would say I and I've heard this one because I've watched tons of video scouting reports on these twins. I do think it's going to be a steep learning curve for them coming from overtime elite to the NBA. I I don't think we're going to get a Shaden Sharp situation where he just kind of comes in and just looks smooth and effortless. Like, I think Shaden's a one of one in, in that sense. So Whatever team does draft them, I think it might make sense to have maybe a veteran ahead of them in, in the pecking order. Not like a super duper veteran, but like, you know, just a solid Josh Hart ish type of talent ahead to make of them. Like 40 million dollars a year. I've heard <laughs> well, better them than us. Oh, I, I
1: have one more question. Really quick. OK,
0: so I would ha- I would have somebody ahead of them in the pecking order. I don't think you start them right off the bat. I think you ease them in. Maybe even some stints at the new G League team, uh, with in over in North Portland. But I think it's just you want to see progress and progression, and try to get them as many uh, reps when when you can. Like they're still going to try and win this year, whether they keep the pick or they trade the pick. So can you get them in the blowouts? Can you get them in on the second night of a back to back? Maybe against a a, you know, a, a, a yeah a Rockets or a Spurs or a, you know just a, a really kind of dog shit team. Don't expect the world from from these. Like, I honestly, I think unless you're Victor or Scoot, maybe probably Brandon Miller, like those those three are gonna produce right away. Everyone else is gonna take a bit of time, and the fans have to be aware of that. And the front office needs I mean, to e- even to buy Shaden, even Shaden, it took a while. I mean, Shaden had 12 points in like 10 minutes of opening night. It was Chauncey was holding Shaden back. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, let's 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 be since, real since you
1: brought it up, and this is the question that I wanted to ask. Chauncey Billups is probably going to be on this team for at least a year. I don't know how cheap we are if we want to give you know him money to not coach our team in the future. So, but Chauncey Billups is on this team for a while. Who does he ruin more? Because I feel like a man he could ruin. I feel like a sort of like because he could play off ball, he wouldn't ruin as badly. But a man just needs playmaking reps so badly. And I don't know if Chauncey Billups will be able to, you know, shepherd a, a one of one type of point guard. So do you worry about the Billups coaching factor at all?
0: Dude, I worry about Chauncey Billups all the time. I mean, that's terrible. You got all these championship winning coaches out there and we're stuck twiddling our fingers saying we're running through walls for a coach that's won like what, 60 games over two years. Like it's, it's, it's it's humiliating, right? Like, so I don't draft based upon who's the coach, because I frankly don't think he's going to be the coach for the next two years. Like you just have to hope and pray. He doesn't do uh, too well. much damage. Damn. Like if we took, Victor, <laughs> if we took Victor, we'd be having the same conversations. Oh, like yeah, I mean, How is chance how is Chauncey going to screw this player up? The
1: only person I feel safe about would be Jairus. Like I, he, I would say Brandon would, Miller because he, he's not like, going to, well, both of them have had like both of those bodies have had track records of success. So he kind of, but like, even you don't give Brandon Miller the ball and stuff like that. Yeah, I think
0: he, he would, I think he would have a, a, an effect on Jairus because Jairus needs playmaking reps as well. Too.
1: Yeah. But at uh, least, at least he's going to play like good defense and yeah. play so smart. It's, it's
0: the same thing I said about, about Dame. You can't pick a player based upon what you want to do with Dame, or you can't pick a player based upon the coach, the coach's preference, the coach's style, because fair or not, Dame's not going to be here forever. And I don't think Chauncey's going to be here forever. So you just you have to take the best player. And I've been saying this, I've been beating this drum. The best player that is going to fit alongside Shade and Sharp, they need to build around the 6'6, 20 year old, tantalizing mm. shooting guard. Like this, this is your new cornerstone. Yep. You know, the torch probably hasn't been passed yet, but it is going to be passed. Like it is going to happen. Time doesn't stop. Change is constant. It's time to accept that. It's it's going to be Shaden's team, not next year, maybe not the year after, but it will be, it will come in due time. Um, but to answer your question, I, I think it's gonna to be tougher for a men. Yeah. Um, I but I also think it it could be tougher for a uh, SAR because at least with the men, Dame would be able to like be like this is what I'm seeing on the floor. Um, you could have Dame as that pseudo second like assistant coach with a men. A SAR might be a little bit tougher because. <laughs> Nasir he, Little's telling who's, who's him, he, him what to do. from. <laughs> Who is he going to? Is he going to learn from Cam Reddish at the three? Is he going to learn from Nasir Little? Huh. I, mean, it, 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 I feel like, like we don't have a shoot a small forward that he can really like learn from. I
1: haven't had that for decades. <laughs> so it, I, it's, I think Nurk the, the has risk to be factor, the buddy buddy thing. If he's there, if he's the there, Nurk is going to have to big brother the shit out of both of them.
0: So the the risk factor is high, uh, and that's what you're going to have to take into account regardless but and again this is why i don't want to win now with dane because they're committed to chauncey billups mm-hmm. if, if you have two to three years i'm not wasting one of those years seeing if chauncey billups can actually coach
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i i'm willing to waste one of those years of maybe 10 or 12 years of of a thompson twin okay chauncey you can't coach get get, get out of here right mm-hmm. so you have such a larger margin of error when you draft a 20 year old rather than we're going all in on
1: a 30-year-old, right? Yeah. So a lot of factors for both, like, let's just say both. I, I know that you're busy, but let's say that. I feel like if you're building around a minute shade and shooting has to be a priority in the other three position groups. Right. And I think Absolutely. that's the same with, with the sore. Cause it's such a small sample size of being an average shooter. So I mean, I, I feel like we've lacked shooting for a few years, but I feel like if either of those two are on the team, it's like, all right, we the number th- one thing we have to look for is shooting and a defense. little bit of de- defensive flex, uh, versatility.
0: So and, the reason you, you need defense is because if you're going to be the most athletic team, you want to get out on the break. You want yeah. easy buckets. You want to play in transition. You want to up the pace. So defense is number one for me because that's how that's how you're going to that, that's how you're going to butter, butter your bread. Yeah. Shooting obviously is important, but I, I feel like defensively, if you can suffocate teams, I mean, defense travels, right? You, you should never have an off night on defense.
1: Shooting, so who's the set? Who's the type of center that you'd want to pair on pick and rolls with either of those two guard, uh, guard wings? I mean, honestly, it's
0: like Brooke Lopez, fantastic defense, and can still stretch the floor, right? Yeah. He's not just in the paint, crowding it up. And he can
1: rebound better than Miles, too. He's
0: a good rebound. he's a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. Like, Brooke Lopez gets is slept on so much. But he completely transformed his game into one of the most impactful centers, not named Embiid or Jokic. And people don't put him enough on the yep. top 10 list. But Brooke Lopez is exactly the archetype that, that I would go after. And I,
1: I think... And he'd be a vet for those those young kids, too.
0: You know, I think you're looking at a player like Bruce Brown would be awesome at the three. You know, you need defenders who can shoot. Um, I think you just Denver is is a great archetype. Yeah. I mean, I it's almost like your your Jokic is now your your point guard because you have a yeah. generational yeah. size of that position, but they just they, they mesh so well with one another. I think you could get like a, a power forward that can that can re- that can rebound, defend, and play make. Jairus be awesome. Yeah, I
1: know. I was thinking Jairus like Ari or awesome. would be like pretty if great. you could
0: build a team around like Amen, Shaden, Bruce Brown, Jairus, and Brooke Lopez, like younger, like that's that's how what? I would build the team. Yeah. You need people who can not take up a ton of usage.
1: Like, yeah. Those,
0: the problem, the, the problem uh, with Dame and how he's been used, it's easy to defend and attack in the postseason because you know he is going to get the ball. You know that's how they want to run the offense. But if you have multiple avenues at getting buckets like the Warriors, it's so hard to scheme for to defend. And if you have a, a good coach, you can adjust on the fly. Say they're taking this away. Let's go to that. It's harder for a defense to adjust. Like you start to get into rhythm. Oh, I know they're doing this. But when an offense in the flow of the game starts to switch it up, it's really difficult for those defenses to now, you know, switch what they're trying to do. Like it's it's really tough. So if you have different avenues to get buckets. Um, that's why I love the the short playmaking for, for Jairus. I love the the floor spacing that that a Brooke Lopez or a Bruce Brown would offer. And then you can just let Shaden cook.
1: Shaden and one of the twins cook. Like, yeah, it, if it was me, those two are just, they are our everything. So, and I think that's how you have to develop them is like, we don't see you as no role player, six man off the bench. You're our star let's get you, you know, drafted
0: three. You drafted three. You're looking for a superstar. I mean, mm. Joel Embiid, Michael Jordan, uh, Jason Tatum, uh, just a, a couple of examples at the, of the third pick, like the third pick is so valuable. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. And it wasn't until, uh, Jonathan Gavoni and I believe Adrian Wojnarowski were, were, were talking and they're like, Yeah, they're not just going to give this pick up. This pick is valuable. Like, top three picks don't just get moved. The last one I can remember was Atlanta and Vancouver swapped Sharif Abdurrahim for the third pick that turned out to be Pau Gasol. I don't want to be Atlanta in this scenario. I don't want Sharif Abdurrahim, a nice player. Sorry, like Pascal Siakam. I'll take my chances and try and find that future Hall of Famer Mm -hmm. in Pau Gasol. So these top picks just don't get moved very often. So Portland needs to be absolutely loud it's mm. not portland adding to get the the, the great player it should be a, the other team adding to try and get that third pick because of absolutely the, the the age the upside the, the contract the team, the team contract mm. flexibility you know there there's so much benefits that go into drafting a player um and usually if portland's getting a player they've got maybe one or two years left on a contract and at that point, they're unrestricted, and so they have to fight for agency. Overpay. So over needs to drive a hard bargain. Just keep the pick. That's what I would do. But yep. if you're going to trade it, you need to fleece. You can't just be comfortable winning the trade. You have to fleece, like Danny Ainge fleeced Tim Connolly and the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that that's that the mentality that Joe Cronin has to go into with. You just have to dig in your heels and say, No, we are not budging off of this asking price. We're mm-hmm. comfortable taking Scoot. We're comfortable taking B. Mill. We're comfortable taking a Thompson twin, wh- whatever. Yeah, that's that's how I look at it.
1: Do you think it's a th- a, a two-person, three-person, five-person draft? That's our. That's going to be my last question.
0: Well, let's be real. It's a one-person draft. It's Victor Wembanyama, but there are still other players. So if I can remove Wemby from the equation, I definitely do think Scoot's in a, a tier all by himself. Um, but like I said, I think there's six guys. I think that's a nine person draft in in my opinion. Um, Now there are players in that, that would be more excited to get at number three. Um, And it's also why I think trading for six and 11, for example, is tough because 11, one of those nine players that I like, may not make it to that number 11 spot. And now you're trying to reach, I think 10 through like 20 is like no man's land. There's a bunch of prospects that, I don't love the value from 10 to 20. I love it later on in the back. And half. your
1: board is specialized because one of the people I have at 14 is like six for you. So it gets but, even, but like also, gets like I wouldn't at be 11.
0: comfortable like. taking Jordan Hawkins that high because I already have a shooting guard in Shade and Sharp. So like, it's about roster construction right now. And if I'm having a lottery pick, I don't really want to pick a bench player. Like you have to start, even if it's best player, like it'd be a tough, awkward fit. So you have to really look at it Who's, who's going to be available? Who's not? But um, I think there are nine awesome players um, in this draft. Portland has to... I mean, we have Mike Schmitz. I feel very confident. Um, I love that they took Shaden Sharp. I, I know I mm-hmm. you were high on him. I was even higher on him last year. Um, they like to swing for the fences. I mean, they, they're very fine. The, the to two swing for your
1: fences picks are the Thompson twins, for sure. I think
0: so. And if, if you are... If you're murky on Brandon Miller's legal situation, if Scoot Henderson gets you know taken by the Hornets, I I think you know they the Twins just offer more upside than I think the rest of those prospects yeah. in in the top nine. Uh, Cam Whitmore potentially could offer the same amount of upside, but he's undersized. I think the Twins are twins easier
1: are- to. Uh, it's easier to get the upside where Cam has more issues. Um, yeah.
0: So I think, yeah, I mean, just I, I, right now I'm all aboard. You know, if Scoot's gone, I'm, I'd love to take him in and, and see because we do have good, we do have a good development. And uh, I, I like, I just, I trust Schmitz. Like he's, he's, he's smart. It's nice to, to, to trust uh, a guy in the scouting department. Like I, totally. it's
1: great. So I, I think first round, like, Wemby is an S tier first overall pick, but there's guys like Anthony Bennett that are F tier first round picks. I think that this particular draft has two high value first overall picks. Like, you know, Brandon Miller would obviously beat out Anthony Bennett. Like, but I think that scoot is on the level of a Cade Cunningham, Zion Williamson easily. So like the fact that this draft has two guys that I most drafts we would take one easily without even thinking is it, it shows the, the the ability on this in this draft to have top tier talent when there's two, you know, elite first overall guys, but it is getting kind of late in the day. I think we should wrap this up. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Instagram reels. We've been, we've been, uh, in that TikTok. uh, but yeah, obviously listen to the full, you know, audio podcast on iTunes. Uh, leave a nice review. And uh, thank you for listening. We are out of here. Um, do some research on those twins. There's are some very uh, interesting players. Bruce.